If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. Yes, yes, yes. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. You know, you can send me your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your adoration and praise will also be accepted at that email address as well. Kidding, not kidding. We're on Facebook, YouTube. Where else are we? Uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Yes, yes, Twitter. Jack has, I guess, approved of us being on Twitter, or maybe he's on a cross-country hike right now. I'm not sure. Folks, if you're on any of those pages, be sure to like us, share us. That helps us reach more folks, and it's good to uh, good to increase the reach both here locally on the FM and AM signal and, of course, on the digital side of things as well. I want to start with a question. I want to start with a question. I was thinking about this yesterday, and I was thinking about this just before the beginning of this program. I am curious. I am curious as to exactly how this works. You know that Team Biden is acting as though that they've won this election, right? They're acting as though that they've won this and that, um, you know, that they've actually that they've threatened to or maybe they are suing. I don't know. Regarding the transition process, this is remarkable stuff. Suing, because, suing the Trump administration over the um, transition is like a team protesting the outcome of a game in the third quarter, or I'll even give you fourth quarter. That's not how this. That's not how this works. Anyway, it's amazing. I'm telling you, folks. I'm starting to see it on social media. There's some confusion. The Biden supporters are suddenly asking – I don't know if there's any Biden supporters. The folks that hate Trump badly enough to vote for Biden, they are actually out there asking questions. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But I'm wondering, since Biden says he is president-elect, since the fake news has declared him president-elect Joe – I'm wondering if his promise to cure Alzheimer's and cancer and diabetes, I'm wondering if he can go ahead and get on that because I don't want to lose any momentum should this election tip back in the favor of Donald J. Trump. So I think we need to look into this. 
I think I think we need to probably let Biden do that. that. Those would be good things. In fact, that might be the only good thing that would come from a Biden administration. But I'm wondering if he can go ahead and get on that. Or is he just going to wait? Is he going to make us wait until he's actually sworn in? So I thought this was sort of day one sort of stuff. Anyway, something to think about. But look, there's a lot of confusion out there on on the left. There's a lot of confusion. There, well, I don't want to just say the left. Folks, there there are people, you know, we have a wide spectrum here. We have the radical left. Even within the radical left, you have it's a sizable chunk of the radical left, but you've got the godless, you know, hate-filled anti-American crowd. You've got that crowd. But but that's not the entire Democrat party. In fact, that's a a sl- it's a bigger percentage than I care to admit. But it's not the main. It's not the whole of the party. Most Democrat voters are single issue voters. I've shared this with you before. You know this to be true. You know a lot of people like this. You know a lot of people. I'm guessing, depending upon where you live or maybe your circle. But I would, I would, I would believe that many of you uh, know people who voted for Biden, and they are a lot like you. They either just didn't like Trump tweets. I think that that's a single issue. Trump tweets was a single issue for some voters. As crazy as it sounds, as misguided as that is, Trump tweets were an issue for many, well, a sizable chunk of voters. Folks who were offended by Trump's tweets, but they're they're pro-Second Amendment, they're pro-free speech. In some cases, they might even be pro-life pro-constitution, pro-limited government, but they voted for Biden because of Trump's tweets or because of the things Trump has to say, never giving any credence to the possibility that maybe, just maybe, the reason that Trump has to fight the way he does is because we're dealing with an apparatus. We're dealing with a corrupt government from not just government, media, political parties, commentators. You're dealing with professional Deceivers. You're dealing an additional. In addition to that, you're dealing with a deep, uh, the deep state, a, a totally flawed and out of control government. I don't think that this is deniable for a moment. Whether or not you want to go as far as to say deep state or not, that's something I think altogether different. But you can still admit, surely to goodness, that there's problems with our government. That our government is not run well. That it is much larger than it should be that it is doing things it should not do, and it's not doing in some cases or maybe even many cases the things that it should do. And so the Democrat Party is a hodgepodge of single-issue voters. I've shared before, I'm from a union Democrat family. Um, I know people who are pro-gun, pro-free speech, pro a lot of the things that are in the Constitution in many ways like me, but they're staunch Democrat voters because Democrats have convinced them that they are on the side of labor and Republicans are for big business and you know prepared to let the heavy boot of business rest on the throat of labor. And the Democrat Party is the only thing between them and uh, their demise the end of their way of living or whatever the case may be, as though the Republican Party is standing there ready to rip uh, money directly out of the pockets of the union 
Democrat. That is the narrative. That is the belief. And this runs deeply. This runs deeply. And you can go on down the list. You can go on down the list. You also have your communist wing, which, again, is part of the radical left. You've got your Antifa groups. You've got Black Lives Matter. You've got all sorts of opportunists and protesters and rioters who are out there preparing to uh, take advantage of the instability that we have right now to move people further away from American principles and values and toward uh, toward whatever sort of chaos or government solution they want, which of course is nothing at all like what we have in the Constitution. And so there's a lot of confusion out there. It's amazing for me to watch and listen to some of these things, but I see comments from time to time. People really believe, as a matter of fact, Joe Biden is not your your president-elect. That is simply not accurate. That is false. If Twitter wants to censor anything, if if Twitter wants to put a disclaimer up uh, on anything, they might want to consider, I'm not even arguing for this, but they might want to consider putting it next to that. They say that that is the truth. Joe Biden, folks, is not your president-elect. He may be. He may be. And by the way, President Donald Trump may be, and that is what scares the living daylights out of these folks. But I'm starting to see questions. I'm starting to see, uh, you know, confusion, a lot of confusion, to be candid. People don't understand that Biden is not elected yet. People don't understand that there is a legal process that, by the way, the Trump team has a lot of of evidence for. That's one of the things I keep hearing on social media or amongst Democrats. Just show me the evidence. Either show me the evidence or let America heal, which is in one sense remarkable to me because literally we spent four years talking about how Trump stole the election from Hillary Clinton with Russian collusion. Not one. I don't remember these folks who are saying this today mentioning one time how it was time for America to heal. Now, that doesn't mean that we should try to deliberately cause America harm. But it does mean that just because the shoe is on the other foot, that we are not, um, we don't fall into the trap of suddenly saying, now we have to compromise. I remember listening to Rush back in the early 2000s, and he made this point, brilliantly so, as he oftentimes does. He says that, you know, when Democrats are in power, Suddenly, you'll hear about the importance of reaching across, <laughs> reaching across the aisle. When Republicans are in power, you don't hear that talk. You don't hear that talk. Dem- uh, journalists don't don't report on that. Jur- journalists don't have uh, reports talking about the dangers of divisiveness in American politics and that sort of thing. Instead, they talk about how terrible the, the Republicans are and why you should be part of the opposition. Folks, we had we had a group of Democrats that called themselves. The resistance, resisting Donald Trump, whatever on earth that's supposed to mean, whatever on earth that's supposed to mean. And now we're told, before we even know who the president is, to heal. I hope we take screenshots of all these things, just not to keep a database like the Democrats want to keep a database of Trump supporters, but just so we can remind people, hey, remember when you thought Biden was president and you talked about healing? Why can't we – can we just pause? Can we all accept – the reality that America needs to work on healing. But 
May I also suggest that before healing begins, we have to have we have to have an ideological winner. We can't heal when we have two groups that are diametrically opposed to one another who are heading in completely opposite directions. You cannot heal until there's a winner in that argument. May I suggest that there is a winner in this argument, and it is the conservative. It is the person who does not want who does not want government to go bonkers and out of control, who wants to see it return to its constitutional roots. I believe that this is what most Americans believe. The problem is the problem is the ones who don't want that are louder and they're more violent. I could dare I say even just the violent ones, not all of them, but if you look at who sets cities on fire, it's not the Tea Party folks. News flash to the radical left, news flash to the media. It is not the Tea Party who sets cities ablaze. It is not the Tea Party who loots and steals from businesses and destroys cities and that sort of thing. It is not the Tea Party who blocks traffic. We know who these folks are, Antifa, Black Lives Matter folks. This is this is what we're dealing with, and these folks are on one side of the equation. There's actually fear of these groups of people. There are com, uh, some conservative people who just want to live their lives, and they're concerned. They're concerned about, heck, in some cases, going home if you live in cities or going to work if you work in certain cities. I remember back in earlier this summer, we had some meetings near Louisville, and, you know, we actually had people who I believe had to reschedule with us because because of the protests and the riots and so forth. And I'm telling you, it's not the Tea Party, not the Tea Party doing that, but there's a lot of confusion. People are saying, just show us the evidence. Either show us the evidence or let us heal and let Biden be our president. Number one, Biden is not our president yet. He's not the president-elect, no matter what the media says, no matter how many tweets they censor. No matter, no matter how much they want to shut this program down or any other source on talk radio, which, by the way, thank God for talk radio. It's the one platform. It's the one platform that they've come at for a long time. And if they get control of the government, they might come after programs like this. But they've not been able to stop it. They don't know how to stop it. But if they get power, they certainly have a way of suddenly um, having an impact on that. But on social media, they've got Jack Dorsey and they've got Zuckerberg and whoever else who are out there, um, you know, that they can censor the message online, but they can't censor yet talk radio. I mean, of course, they can censor our digital version, but they can't censor this going out across the airwaves. So People ask, where's the evidence? We'll talk about this after the break. There is evidence. There's mounting evidence. There's overwhelming evidence. The question isn't whether or not there's evidence. The question is whether or not there is enough evidence to prove that this has impacted the outcome of the election. There is en- there's multiple examples. Almost an- – you can't count the number of examples of voter fraud right now. There's more than enough there's, – there's tons of evidence. The question is whether that evidence is of the right quantity or quality to prove that there was an outcome, uh, that, it, that it could change the outcome of an election. 
And so we're going to talk about that when we get back. And not only not only is there evidence, but folks, who has set the table? Who has set up the scenario whereby voter fraud is actually almost encouraged by what they're arguing to do? Kaylee McEnany talked about that yesterday at a press conference, and I want to share a bit of her conversation as well, or her comments as well. So that being said, we will do that after the break. Sit tight. Be back here in in just a minute. Welcome back. So I want to start here. I want to start with this press conference that Kaylee McEnany was holding yesterday. I want to start with this press conference because because she hits on some of the points I want to hit on. Now, I'm not going to be able to get through all of what she says, but again, right now, the questions that are being asked by Democrats or the comments being made are, just show me the evidence. Just show me. You're hearing all this stuff. You know, you see all these articles. Trump's trying to, you know, plant seeds of doubt in the minds of of Americans. I mean, it's remarkable if you think about it. 2016, we were taught incessantly. There was no question. There was no curiosity from the media as to what uh, – what was really going on, Hillary paying for the dossier and all this sort of stuff, Michael Steele, not, none, of this, uh, none of this stuff was Christopher Steele, not Michael Steele. Uh, none of this stuff was questioned by the media. No one cared. All we knew is that our election integrity was in tatters. That's all that we knew. Now, that's what they told us for four years. Can't trust the, the integrity of our elections. Our system of democracy is basically um, just hanging by a thread because of President Trump and Russia. Now there's no curiosity whatsoever. Now there's no uh, – we can have absolute certainty in our voting system, in our system of governance. Of course, we can have confidence in the truths of our of our government, what it's founded upon, what it's based upon per the Constitution and the Declaration. The problem is – can we have confidence that the people we have elected to be the uh, those who safeguard the liberties outlined in the Constitution and the Declaration, what those documents stand for and what they mean? Can we have faith in those folks? And I, I uh, tell you that the answer to that is unfortunately no. We have a mess on our hands. So listen to Kaylee McEnany here kind of lay out the case lay out the case for what's really going on in this um, post-election count and voter fraud situation here across uh, across this country here you go who want to have faith and confidence not only in this election but in the many elections to come there is only one party in America that opposes voter ID. One party in America that opposes verifying signatures, citizenship, residency, eligibility. There is only one party in America trying to keep observers out of the count room. And that party, my friends, is the Democrat Party. 
You don't take these positions because you want an honest election. You don't oppose an audit of the vote because you want an accurate count. You don't oppose our efforts at sunlight and transparency because you have nothing to hide. You take these positions because you are welcoming fraud and you are welcoming illegal voting. Our position is clear. We want to protect the franchise of the American people. We want an honest, accurate, lawful count. We want maximum sunlight. We want maximum transparency. We want every legal vote to be counted and we want every illegal vote to be discarded. Unlike our opponents, we have nothing to hide. The integrity of our election matters. The Constitution of the United States matters. What we have seen across the country is Democrat officials systematically trying to do an end run around the Constitution to tip the scales of the election in their favor. As Justice Gorsuch wrote in DNC versus Wisconsin State Legislature, our oath to uphold the Constitution is tested by hard times, not easy ones. Last minute changes to longstanding election rules risk other problems too, inviting confusion and chaos and eroding public confidence in electoral outcomes. Pennsylvania is a case study in just this. Allow me to just broadly review three points that have happened in Pennsylvania. Number And we're not going to get into those. I don't have time. It takes a couple more minutes. But she makes the case here. She makes the case for, and she kind of laid out there, the concerns for, well, just what we found with voter fraud around this country. It is undeniable, folks. There is absolutely evidence of voter fraud. For starters, and I heard Rudy Giuliani make this point, signed affidavits, witnesses, people who agree to be witnesses, they are evidence. In fact, I I almost commented to someone last night on social media. I didn't. I, You know, I think that uh, people on social media, nine times out of ten, they are <clears> – they – they're not there to be persuaded. They ask a question, and I don't think that the question, almost in all circumstances, I'm sure there's there's exceptions, but most times people on social media are really just trying to advance their agenda. They're not there to have a real debate. This is one of the problems I have with social media. People will say things on social media that they would never say in person. They would never say to my face or your face. I'm actually the opposite. I would say something before I would write it. And the reason, it's not because I'm hesitant about something I say. It's because I like people to hear me say it versus read it. Because I think that, in fact, um, Petals and I, Petals who helps us with some marketing stuff, sometimes she puts some stuff together and I say, nah, I don't want to send that out. And she's can I've confuse her because it's probably what I said on the show. I said, yeah, but I've been able to set that up with something else that I said prior to that. And you can also hear my my tone and it has a different feel. And I, my point is, is that I'm more likely to say it than I am to, to post it because I think you lose some of that. I think that verbal communication, of course, in person's best, but the next best form is to hear someone's voice. You can hear it coming through this magnificent voice you hear coming through through, through the uh, airwaves today. You can hear and feel and sense the conservative, not bitter elements. So sometimes that, get, that gets lost in just the written word, kind of like emailing or texting someone instead of, uh, you know, sometimes there can be confusion since most 
Uh, most communication is nonverbal. And even though, of course, you're listening to my, my voice, I'm speaking verbally, you can also pick up on the nonverbal cues, meaning the tone, the tenor, you get a feel. Anyway, the point is most people are not like that. Most people don't really want to um, have a debate on Facebook or Twitter. They really, they might want to have a debate. They want to have a fight. They want to have a Facebook face-off, as I like to say. They're not really interested in being persuaded. They're there to uh, just basically hunker down and have the echo chamber of people who agree with them. But insofar as these are legitimate questions, where's the evidence? Where's the evidence of voter fraud? For starters, as Rudy Giuliani pointed out yesterday, I heard him do this, I don't know, in an interview with I don't know if it was Newsmax or OAN or who it was with, but I heard Rudy Giuliani say that witnesses are by definition evidence. And it reminded me when I went to, uh, when I served on a jury, that's, I mean, that's true. This is uh, a witness, especially one that, that has a signed affidavit telling people, making the allegation of what they saw in their particular uh, precinct or whatever, this is evidence. Now, the question isn't whether there's evidence. Again, I said this earlier. I say this again. The question isn't whether or not there's evidence of voter fraud. There's voter fraud evidence all over the place. We have dead people voting. Is that not fraudulent? I mean, I know that the left is often anti-science, but folks, if you're dead, I think it's pretty difficult to vote. I would go as far to say it's anti-science to say that they can vote. Unless, of course, there's divine intervention whereby that's not science, that's miraculous. That's what makes it a miracle if God raises these people from the dead to vote, which is apparently, I guess, what we're supposed to believe, except for the radical left is the atheistic wing of America. So I don't know what they're supposed to – I guess Mother Earth um, has has uh, caused them to be reborn in time to cast a ballot, regardless what the case may be. Regardless what the case may be, that is evidence when people sign affidavits who say that postmark, uh, that envelopes, the postmarks were changed or added to make it look like they were received before they were actually received, that is evidence of voter fraud. Again, you can say that's not enough or that's not compelling. Well, of course, it's it should be compelling because why would you change – again, my, why would you change a date if it didn't matter? The reason they changed the date is because there are laws on the books, and it's remarkable. I watched the interview on Fox. Fox is almost at this – Fox is rapidly becoming – rapidly becoming as uh, belligerent and as – I mean they're, they're quickly approaching CNN and MSNBC status, some of the things I've seen on there from Sandra Smith – Totally appalled that someone would come on there and say that that Biden was not the president-elect. We called it, she said on a hot mic, not realizing trace. We called that, rolling her eyes at the at the guest. I saw another person interviewing um, someone. I think it was Murdoch um, from Trump's legal team, and she couldn't. Uh, she didn't seem to grasp the idea that it is literally against the law to count a ballot that was received in Pennsylvania after Election Day. She's like, well, but, but people mailed them before Election Day. And I could see Tim Martaw's face. He was, he was dumbfounded. 
but the date that they have to be received. It literally says received by. Folks, if you count votes that were received after the date, after the deadline, that is by definition voter fraud. That is not, that is not the way it's, that is a a direct violation of the law. It is a direct violation of the law in Pennsylvania. And by the way, I'm telling you what, the Pennsylvania situation is shaping up incredibly well for Team Trump, um, unless they can hide and, and deceive the courts as to which votes were actually counted or received before the deadline and which ones were received after, which I put nothing past these folks. There is a fair fair chance, even perhaps a good chance, that Pennsylvania could in fact flip for Trump if what we're telling, if what we're being told is true about the numbers. Dead people voting. We have some ballots. I'll I'll share this with you from the Epic Times. Some ballots were postmarked uh, as coming back. The date that they were returned was uh, was earlier than the postmarked date of them going out. So in other words, the postmark of the ballot going out might have said October 15th, but the postmark of the ballot coming back might have said October 12th. That, <laughs> that is not even possible. Again, maybe it is for the anti-science party, the Democrat party, but it is not. As a matter of fact, it is completely impossible. There's over 20-some thousand ballots in, I think it's in Pennsylvania, that meet that criteria. Anyway, I'll go through that as well. But the idea that there's no evidence, there's signed affidavits, there are problems with uh, so-called glitches. I don't even want to get into some of the, uh, the deeper stuff yet, but just on the surface, there's people uh, in, in Nevada, there was a... There's allegations of a van that said Biden-Harris on it with uh, boxes of ballots that were being filled out there in the van. There are people who don't live in Nevada who got ballots to vote in the state of Nevada. Around 10,000, they believe. Who knows? Dead people voting. Who's Who in the world is out there saying there's no evidence? This is This is all documented. Some of this is working its way through the courts right now. And there's people that have signed affidavits saying these things. I'm just scratching the surface. That's not even getting to the heart of the matter. It's just telling you the basics. I got to take a break. Come back and continue this conversation in just a minute. Sit tight. See you in a few. Welcome back. Really quickly here, I'm off schedule, as I am often prone to do, but Epic Times is reporting that in the state of Pennsylvania, there are more than 20,000, in fact, I believe there's 23,000, 23,000 absentee ballots that have impossible return dates. I mentioned this before the break. 23,000 ballots, absentee ballots, that have been submitted in uh, Pennsylvania, 23,000, the postmark of those going out, right? So you request your absentee ballot. It goes out. It has a date of, say, um, October 15th. That same ballot shows a return postmark of, say, October 12th. That is, again, I don't want to blow the minds of the radical left here, the anti-science movement. Those who are confused when life begins, for example. Those that are confused about the laws 
of economics. Those that are confused about other general truths about humanity, the nature of mankind, and the beauty of our Constitution. I don't want to confuse these folks, but that is possible. Take it easy. I'm just having a little fun here. They also found that 35,000, just about, not quite, 35,000 ballots in Pennsylvania, absentee ballots, were, were returned on the same day that they were mailed out. Now, can you imagine this happening? For those of you that have any dealings with the post office, you the, the postmark says, is you know again, let's say November 1st or no, let's say October 20th. You get it on the 20th. You fill out your ballot on the so so it it was postmarked when it processed the post office, right? That doesn't mean that it gets there on the day that it says. It just means that that's the day that the postmark or the post office processed it to to pass through their facility. So it got there on the same day, which is remarkable. Got to got to you at home, then that person filled it out, thirty five thousand of them filled that ballot out, sent it back in. The post office received it and postmarked it to go back out, back to the to the state that very same day. Remarkable, remarkable speed <laughs> with our post office. Remember the Democrats were telling us, too, <clears throat> that Trump was going to um, destroy the post office. It sounds like Trump, Trump really made the post office work in hyperdrive here. And then there's another 51,000 um, that were postmarked as going out to the voter on, again, the example is October 20th. They received them, filled it out, and then they were postmarked going back the following day, say October 21st. Again, this is just not possible, folks. Again, you you have to pick up, it, it just isn't the way that this works. In, mo- in fact, if mail is postmarked on October 20th, for example, the idea that it gets to you the next day in and of itself is not necessarily likely let alone that you fill it out, complete your you know ballot, put it in the mail, and then it's postmarked as received and postmarked to go back out again that same day. It, the, the likelihood of this is defies common sense. But then again, what does all these other things tell us as well? Quick timeout is in order. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. You know, one thing I also wanted to make sure I took time to do today, I took time to do today, was to recognize today is Veterans Day. These things, these things are important. These, uh, these moments, the, these, um, these holidays, these moments to reflect upon our country and those who have made it possible. Those who have protected and defended this greatest nation in the history of the world. Again, not because of our DNA, not because we're something special. Although I will say, I will say that living in a society uh, like the United States, living in a culture like this, living in a framework that the government is is basically. Uh, the closest 
framework for how God expects uh, expects us to live this side of heaven. Yes, we've got the corruption and all the stuff we've talked about the rest of this show, but the system in and of itself is a beautiful thing. And it actually, by being a part of that system and having those liberties and freedom, we do, I think, become a better version of ourselves, or at least we have the opportunity to do so. But that is that is true for anyone. That's not just because of who we are. It's because of where we live and what we have. And that, my friends, that, my friends, is made possible by those who have decided to defend it. Freedom is not free, as you've heard. Freedom is not free. The ultimate freedom we have through Christ was not free. We, we didn't pay anything for it, but he, of course, paid with his life. And likewise, the freedom that we have in this nation, the freedom that we have in this nation is not free. Brave men and women have to be prepared to face those enemies who are hellbent, hellbent on taking away our liberties, hellbent on taking away our freedoms, hellbent on taking away those things that we have so that they can enact their own forms of tyranny, oppression, whatever it is, their own maniacal uh, maniacal schemes. And I'm reminded of, of course, the war on terrorism and what that ideology, that wicked, morally bankrupt ideology teaches and proclaims as truth. It's sick and disgusting. And that has been defeated because of people in our military. And not just that, but you go through history. You look at World War II, and I'm reminded of, of D-Day. I'm Reminded of uh, you know those those heroes who fought in the Vietnam War. You know we can go through the list of of, of battles and 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 wars and so forth. And even uh, even those folks who voted for Biden who served in the Civil War. <laughs> Kidding. But the point is, I just want to take a moment to say thank you, thank you to those of you who served, no matter where you served. No matter how long you served, no matter what the circumstances were, no matter if you're a brave Vietnam um, war veteran who came back to a country that despised you, I'm sorry for that. That is inexcusable. People can have questions about whether or not we should be in a war without attacking those who uh, were in the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, Marine Corps, whoever whatever branch they you you can have questions about a war without attacking individuals and throughout our history that has not always happened and if you were in a in the military during relative times of peace or if you served uh, in in Germany during the cold war or wherever you were i just want to say thank you regardless of the branch the circumstances america is free because of people like you and i am incredibly grateful thank you happy veterans day and i've got to take a break come back and wrap up you're listening to conservative not better talk i'm your host todd huff back here in just a minute welcome back i went really quickly I'm just looking at some of the comments and things that I have been seeing from from the left, from those who think that they know that Donald Trump has no chance. Folks, this still has – I'm not predicting that it's going to prevail or anything along those lines. I am saying to act like this is about recounts in multiple states is simply not dealing with reality. We are dealing with allegations of fraud. We are dealing with – 
the possibility of ballots in mass not being legal votes. And those, of course, absolutely unequivocally should not be counted. We'll see what happens, but I've got to go. Thank you so much for listening, guys. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.